Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now for our story. When Bill Meade brought Peggy Douglas home to the Lane Farm this evening after they'd attended the opening of the new supper club in Wakefield, Aunt Mary gave them some news which puzzled both Peggy and Bill very much. There'd been a long-distance call for Bill from Miami, Florida. But Bill said he didn't know anyone in Florida. Curiously, he went to the telephone in the hall while Peggy and Aunt Mary sat down in the kitchen to have a cup of coffee. Secretly, each felt a little apprehensive, but they tried not to show it and made a point of not listening to the conversation taking place at the phone. A moment later, Lefty Larkin, Aunt Mary's old friend and helper, came in through the kitchen door after putting the pickup truck. Well, there. Well, I see everybody had the same idea. What's the matter with your voice? Oh, I got into a friendly argument with Angus McGillip. Tried out, shout him. Oh. <laughs> oh, you'll never grow up. You know, all the way home from town, I had a vision of a nice big sandwich and a tall glass of milk. See, you folks had the same idea. <laughs> oh, now, Lefty, you can't be hungry after that enormous dinner. Oh, can't I, though? Well, just watch my smoke. I'll make you a sandwich, Lefty, if you like. Oh, uh, will you, honey? Oh, that'd be swell. You know, I, I piloted Mrs. Bill Hawkins around the dance floor twice. Believe me, that's enough to give any guy an appetite. <laughs> I will say, though, for such a big woman, she's surprisingly light on her feet. I saw you dancing with her. You made a very good-looking couple. You want lettuce in your sandwich, Lefty? Yes, please. Give me the whole works, Peggy. All right, I'll call you back as soon as I decide what to do. Goodbye. Is that Bill? Yes. Well, how come he's telephoning at this hour of the night? It was a long-distance call for him from Miami. Miami? Mm-hmm. And do you know what it's about, Peggy? No, I don't, Lefty. Here's your sandwich. Hello, Lefty. Oh, hi. Here, Bill. Uh, sit down and drink your coffee. Thanks, Aunt Mary. I put the sugar and cream in, Bill. Okay. Uh, that was Paul Cromwell who called me. Paul Cromwell? Well, isn't he that old boyfriend of Kit's? Yeah. Remember, Lefty? He was at Camp Downing when Bill was. Yeah, yeah, sure, I remember. That was the summer you met Bill, wasn't it, Peggy? Yes, and the four of us, Bill and I and Kit and Paul, used to double date. Oh, Mm, yeah. But I don't understand, Bill. Why should Paul Cromwell be phoning you? Well, it's about Kit. Oh? What about Kit? She's down there in Miami. Well, I'll be darned. So that's where she disappeared to. She must have made a beeline for Cromwell when she cleared out of Wakefield. I guess so. Bill, uh, what's wrong with Kit? Well, Aunt Mary, as far as I could make out from what Paul said, Kit's had a nervous breakdown. A mental breakdown, whatever you want to call it. Oh. Is she very ill? Apparently. They've got a nurse looking after her, and of course she's under a doctor's care. Well, supposing she is. What's the idea of calling you about it? Well, it's sort of a long story, Lefty. It seems Kit beat her down there straight from here, and Paul said she looked him up as soon as she got there. He didn't sound very happy about it, either. Mm, maybe he's smarter than I thought. Lefty, let's hear Bill's story. Mm, sorry. But that girl's got it coming to her. Well... Paul says Kit was acting rather queer when she first arrived, but he figured it was the strain of the trial and all that. He'd read all about it in the papers, of course. 
Anyway, she got worse and worse, and finally she just sort of went to pieces. He called a doctor right away then and found out it was quite serious. Serious, though? You mean she's in danger? Well, the trouble is, darling, Kit's... Well, she's not rational. She's out of her head. Oh, Bill, that's dreadful. Yeah, but why should Cromwell take it upon himself to bother Bill about it? Why didn't he call her father and let Ben Calvert worry about her? He did. And Mr. Calvert refused to have anything to do with it. You mean even though Kit is ill? That's what Cromwell said. Well, it doesn't surprise me. Just like that old buzzard. And the thing is, the doctor says Kit needs the care of a psychiatrist. She should be in a sanitarium. Oh, no. And Paul says he's not going to take over, and Ben flatly refused to go after her or bring her home. But someone has to help her. That poor girl, all alone. That's it, Aunt Mary. Ben won't take over, and from the way Cromwell talks, he doesn't want to have Kit on his hands. He said so. Besides all that, she's broke. That's a fine thing. Here's Ben Calvert with all his money and his own daughter. Well, let Cromwell turn her over to some public institution. She'll get decent care there, the best. Only the finest doctors give a certain amount of their time to state and county institutions. Yeah, I know, but you see, Lefty Kid isn't a resident of Florida. Besides, when it comes to getting over a mental breakdown, well, that's a different story. Gosh, that sort of thing sometimes takes months to cure. It's a shame. Paul says she has delusions of persecution. Seems to be absolutely terrified of her father. Mm, can't say that I blame her for that. You know, this has probably been coming on for a long time, ever since Kit was a child. The insecurity of her early life, losing her mother when she did. The way Ben sent her away to school, no home life, no affection. And then recently, when everything crashed around her head. The poor child. Why, I suppose then I'm responsible too, in oh. a way. No, no, Bill, I didn't mean that. In fact, I think Kit's to be held responsible for everything she's done. But Ben certainly isn't innocent either. He had a great deal to do with Kit's being what she is. Well, but Aunt Mary, all that's neither here nor there. It looks to me as if it's Cromwell simply trying to pass the buck to Bill. And I don't see why we should let him get away with it. If Ben Calvert doesn't give a hang what becomes of his daughter, don't see why we should get tangled up in the thing. And that's what it amounts to. I don't think we should get tangled up in it either, Lefty. But it's not something to ignore. Well, you can't have it both ways. It has to be one or the other. I'm not so sure, Lefty. There might be a way. Peggy? What, darling? What do you think I ought to do? I don't know exactly. But Kit certainly can't be just left there. If the doctor thinks she ought to come home... Hey, look here, Bill. What did you tell Cromwell when you talked to him? Well, I said I'd have to figure it out and I'd call him back. Well, thank heavens you didn't go on record anyway. And the way I see it, it's none of your business. You've got your own life. Just because you were married to Kit Calvert once upon a time is no reason you have to feel tied up with her the rest of your life. She's not your worry. But you can't think of it that way, Lefty. Why not? Try to put yourself in Bill's place. Suppose you'd been married once to someone who caused you a great deal of unhappiness. And then this person was in trouble. And there was no one else willing to help. You couldn't just stand by and do nothing, could you? Hmm. When you put it like that, no, Aunt Mary, I... I couldn't. I didn't think so. Well... I'm going to do any thinking. I'd better get home and get some sleep. Yes, we'd better all get some. I'll walk out to the car with you, Bill. Okay, darling. Good night, Aunt Mary. Good night, dear. Uh, so long, Bill. Well, I thought it was too good to be true. What do you mean, Lefty? Things have been going too smoothly around here. No fireworks. 
Peggy happy. I was doing my best to accept her marrying Bill because she wants to so much. <laughs> I should have known better. But you can't blame Kit's troubles on Bill, Effie. It's not his fault. No, it goes back a lot farther than that. Well, all I know is where if there's Bill Mead, there's trouble. It's been that way from the beginning. And now if he gets involved with Kit again, think how Peggy's going to feel. With Bill having his ex-wife on his hands. It's not going to be like that, Lefty. There's no reason why those youngsters should have a burden like that when they're just starting out. I'm not going to let that happen. But what can you do about it, Aunt Mary? I'm not sure, Lefty. I'll have to think of some way out. Some way that won't put the brunt of it on Bill and on Peggy. But... How can you accomplish such a thing, Aunt Mary? If Ben Calvert refuses to help his daughter, if Paul Cromwell washes his hands of her too, then inevitably the burden does seem to fall on Kit's ex-husband. And if Bill were to bring Kit back to Wakefield, as Paul Cromwell suggested, how would that affect your own niece, who has already suffered so much because of Bill's ex-wife? Will you be able to protect these two young people much as you want to? <laughs> 